Welcome back to the Sales Leader Show. Our guest today has a very unique career path that you're not likely to see again. Here's what I mean. He was married on a reality TV show. A documentary was made about one of the businesses that he started. He's the host of two successful YouTube channels, Jesse on Fire and Jesse on Everything. And he was the top performing rep at his previous company before he was fired for not taking the COVID vaccine. Now he focuses on creating killer content full time. Today, we're talking to Joe Rogan's future hunting buddy, Jesse on Fire. How are you doing today, Jesse? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me, good sir. Oh, man, this is so fun. I'm actually, uh, I'll be honest, I'm I'm a bit, uh, I don't know how you what you call it, but like when you when you meet someone that you've only known through their content or their celebrity or something, I'm, I'm kind of in that position right now where I'm like, dude, I feel like I know you, but you, we've obviously never met. So it's, it's kind of weird. It's the, that is the weirdest thing ever. Although, yeah, I mean, generally the people that I like, I kind of end up knowing them, you know, where it's like, if you, if you have a feeling of what they're like, they're generally exactly like that. So it's like, yeah. that's, that's what I always say. The people who feel like they know me, they do. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But yeah. it's gotta be weird for you. Cause you're like, it's a one-sided relationship. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm used to it, dude. I mean, it's like generally the people who like my content are people like me. So I tend to get along with everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I was, uh, I was kind of like blown away because I, I've been watching your stuff since you were at about 3000 subs oh, on, nice. on Jesse on fire. And it was literally, it was hilarious. And we'll get into sales stuff in a second, but I'm going to geek out a bit with you. But, um, it, it was pretty funny because I watched one of your episodes later on where you were like, Hey, if you started watching me early on, you probably didn't like me, but you kept coming back and that was intentional. And I was mm-hmm. like, dad gummit. <laughs> he got me, man. He totally got me. Cause that was, that was what it was. Uh, I was like, man, this guy seems like a kind of one of those jock tool bags, but I haven't heard that opinion before. I want to, I want to, I want to see what he has to say about this. And then the, uh, Fabia stuff happened. Um, and, uh, right about the Fabia stuff, when that stuff started, I, really started liking you. I was like, Oh no, I, I totally get along with this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, uh, building on building on YouTube is an incredibly, incredibly challenging thing to do. Like I help, I help a lot of people or try to help them. Like they'll come to me and they'll ask for advice and like, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you asked me to do this podcast and I, I responded in three seconds. I'm like, sure. And <laughs> You're like, I really? And I, 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 I literally, everybody who reaches out to me, it's, it's exactly like that. They're all, Hey, can you help me with this girl I'm doing? And I'll, I, I mean, I just helped this guy who was, uh, this guy had some girl he's in love with and things aren't going well. And so he's like, man, he like emailed me in the middle of the night. He's like, help me get her back. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll help you. But here's how this is going to go. You have to follow my instructions to the letter. And he did. And then a couple of days ago, he actually got the girl back, but like, and he's <laughs> just like, I can't believe that you, I can't believe you did this. It's like, dude, I've been, I'm open, open for business, man. But like, uh, but on the YouTube stuff, a lot of times people ask me, you know, here's what I'm thinking I want to do. And now I'm in this position where I'm doing my best to help them. And simultaneously, 
I I don't want to I don't want to give them too much information and discourage them because like for me it was like ignorance was bliss. Like I I didn't realize how hard it actually is. And I just think that I ended up having a, a very effective strategy that I think would be pretty challenging to duplicate. But, mm. uh, but I do my best to try to, to try to give them the, you know, the tools that they can use. But yeah, I mean that, what you described is definitely one of the strategies. It was like, uh, cause I just thought about, I, I just think about the, the process of creating content and as, as a competition in a couple different categories. So it's like, the first one is why is anyone going to click on your content? You know, like at, at mm-hmm. any point they're looking at your stuff and you know, your thumbnail and another nine. And so why would they, why would they choose yours? And then, so that's like battle number one. And if you win that, then it's like, okay, why are they going to watch past the first 20 seconds? And then you win that. And then it's like, why are they going to ever come back to your channel? And, uh, and so I just really thought about it all that. I'm like, all right, so what I think is going to be really effective is if I kind of alternate between just being, being myself and then every once in a while, just going over the top, super cocky, like, uh, overconfident, you know, making predictions because people will either like it or they'll be like, do we swear on this, on this podcast? Uh, we try to avoid it, but so, okay. Listen, so, so slips out, they'll, slips out. Or they'll be like, F this guy. I want to yeah. see him be wrong. And so they'll come back to see, you know, to, to watch me to be like, I want to catch this guy in, uh, in something that ends up being wrong. Exactly. It's just, uh, yeah. And then, uh, but you know, if I'm doing, if I'm only doing that one out of four videos, then the other three, they're going to watch. They're going to be like, Hmm. Well, I thought I didn't like this guy, but maybe I do after all. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely intentional for sure. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. I mean, it definitely worked. And when you explained it, I was like, I can't like the, it, I felt, I felt so, it was so weird because it was like, that's exactly what happened with me. And I had no clue. Like I, it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like I, if someone was like, that's a strategy, I'd be like, no, 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 that's not a strategy. But, uh, obviously I was wrong. So, um, all right. Well, I want to ask you about this. Like <laughs> there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but staying on the sales topic and really what we do here is, as I kind of explained to you, we help, it could be anyone really. I mean, this can, this can kind of apply to anybody, but I, I, think of it and talk about it through the frame or the mindset of a sales guy, because that's mm-hmm. what I do. So how do you think about your career in general? Like what's something that maybe salespeople and maybe people in general, the way that they approach their career, what's the thing, a, a way they approach it or, or a way they think about it that maybe you passionately disagree with? Disagree with. Yeah. And the reason I asked that, I'll let you think on it for a sec, is uh, I spent a lot of years just floating from job to job, not really having any intentionality or any direction, just sort of taking the jobs as they came. Um, And I found a lot more fulfillment and also success once I said, no, I want to go this direction with my career. And I started 
being intentional about putting myself in situations and accepting opportunities that that put me that 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 way. So um, that's kind of my experience with it. And I, I'm just curious, since you've had such a unique career, what have you learned along the way that you think a lot of people probably get wrong? Well, I, I would I would agree with what you said 100 percent. And, uh, and I think that that comes back to like a broader, a broader way of looking at your career, which is what do you really want? Look, what do you really want? And what are your, what are your goals? Because if you can't define that, then you're always going to be floating, whether you're Mm -hmm. doing sales or you're doing any other thing. And so like as an example, if a person is doing, is in a sales role, but what they really want to do is something that's not sales related, then they need to figure out a way to both balance achieving their goals and metrics in their sales job while simultaneously pushing and trying to do the other thing. But like in a, if, you know, your goals need to be attainable. So it's like, Oh, you know, I, I want to be in, I want to be a starting point guard in the NBA. It's like, okay, guy, like uh, (laughs) maybe, maybe adjust the goals to something that could potentially happen in your life. And if, you know, a person's like, I mean, look, I'm going to be a career guy. I want to make, I want to, you know, make a solid living, have some financial freedom and some freedom to, to be with my family. And you're then, okay. So that's your, that's your high level goal. So, you know, given, given the cards that you were dealt, you're a sales, you know, you're a salesperson. What does that look like? What kind of company do you want to work for? What kind of role do you want to have? Do you prefer hunting for new organizations to do business with? Do you prefer account management? You know, what kind of, what kind of sales organization do you want to work for? And it's like, just visualize in your most detailed way of doing that. What does, what does your goal look like? You know? Mm -hmm. And then once you have that, then things just fall into place. I just think people don't define their goals. And so, I mean, that's, that's where that floating comes from. And cause mm-hmm. honestly, if you really think about it, it's like, okay, so, I mean, think of, think of anything. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I was targeting when I was still doing sales, it's still, and still may, honestly, I'm just, and I'm talking here, you know, assuming that no one that's gonna, <laughs> no one that would potentially hire me would, uh, will see this. But like one of the things that I was, targeting was I was trying to work at AWS. So I, I interviewed at AWS for an account management role when I was very early in my enterprise software uh, career. I was yeah. way underqualified for this role. Like, I mean, I could, the whole time I couldn't believe I was there. You know, it's a lot of money, dude. It's a lot of money and it's like, a, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. And it's also a, a company where, um, you know, like if you work for AWS, it's very different than a lot of organizations where it's like, okay, you're on target earnings. If you hit your quota are X, Y, Z. And so you're like, all right, well, you know, like, and, and, and you work at a company where like 30% of people hit their, hit their number. Like if you work right. at AWS, you're going to make your full OTE. You know, it's like, wow. you can't, you can't blow it out. You know, like, uh, it, you know, you can't like, let's say you were a, I don't know, 250 K OTE person. Like you're, you're ne- you're not going to make uh, I, well, Actually, that would be low at AWS, but like in a, in any other like enterprise software role, like say, uh, you know, enterprise or strategic account manager role or account executive, 
Mm-hmm. Like in, in some of those roles, if you do a big deal, I mean, you, you can make seven, eight, nine hundred K. I know people who have done over a million a year in a sales role. Like that'll never happen for you in AWS. But mm-hmm. you're also never going to have a year where you make your salary plus 30%. You'll always get your OT. So like um, I really wanted to work there because of the the you know the stability of it, the the quality of the company. I really aligned with their the company's values. Uh, you know, Amazon has a has a set of leadership principles that are that they basically build their entire corporate culture around. Mm-hmm. It's how they interview every single question that they're asking you. They're they're looking to see how your answers align with their uh, leadership principles. And anyway, so in, in my initial interview, I got to the final step by some miracle. And I did this round, you know, this round robin interview where you, you interview with four people and they vote and one person has two votes. Cause that's the hiring manager. And I got two votes to hire two votes, not to, and man, I bombed those interviews. The ones where they, uh, which is not really super relevant how, but, uh, and one of them was a hiring manager. So I didn't get hired. So I had to uh. wait, I had to wait two years to be able to interview with them again. And I did, and literally, I mean, I did, uh, like, I did so much stuff during those two years just to get prepared to be able to interview at AWS again. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, it's, you know, it's long story, but bottom line is like, all of that was because I didn't want to work at Google. I didn't want to work at Microsoft. I didn't want to work at Cisco. I didn't want to work at any, I wanted to work at AWS. I wanted to be on the account management team at AWS. And so it just made it much easier to know kind of what the things I should be thinking about doing are, who should I be networking with? You know, what, what things can I be doing that'll, that'll look good when I go in an interview there again and and all that. So yeah, I would say well-defined goals is critical. And if, and, and so the opposite of that is what you shouldn't do, <laughs> like to not yeah, have well-defined goals. I, I think it's tough though. Like I struggled for a lot of years. Like I, I was into self-help books and all sorts of things for years and years. And looking back, I realized that I was basically looking for a shortcut that didn't exist. Right. And so I, I did all those things. I did the vision boards and the goal setting and the smart goals and like all the different things. I went through all the little frameworks and it never, ever worked. And the reason mm-hmm. I think it was, is because I wasn't really being honest with myself about what I wanted. I, I was picking goals that sounded cool or that I thought others would think were cool. Uh, but I wasn't, I thought my actual interests weren't, I, I wanted recognition of others and approval of others more than I really like wanted to know what I really cared about. Right. So I think when you say that, it's really interesting because for years I would, I would hear that, right. Hey, once you get your goals, like everything falls into place. And I'm like, bull crap. Like I tried that a billion times and it never worked, but, um, but once I actually figured out and w- was like, hey, I screw it, screw the world, screw everybody. I don't care. I just want like, what do I actually want? Because I'm tired of failing. What do I want? And I got to that point where my back, I put myself against the wall. And then when I was honest with myself and I set the goals that I actually cared about and started taking action towards it, things did fall into place. And you illustrated it really perfect because you had your eyes set on your, uh, your mindset on AWS and hey, you didn't get it the first time. 
no problem. You know, you know the experience you need now. You know who you need to network with. You know how the interview process goes, what questions they're going to ask. And now you have a couple of years to prepare. And you know what I mean? So I love the way you laid that out because that's that's what that's what he means. That's what people mean when they say, hey, once you have your goals, it'll all fall into place. Not tomorrow, but you'll know what to do. People need to have like the the biggest problem that people have in life in general in my opinion well i mean people have a lot of problems but like uh but one of them related to people's careers and like uh and accomplishing things is people do not have a long view people can't see 2 years out they can't see 3 years out and and so I, I mean, I, I still, I still haven't, you know, I, I still didn't get hired at AWS. I mean, it's still, I mean, even as of like, you know, very recently, I was still kind of in, you know, circling that. I'm not really a hundred percent sure if I'm going to go back to, to doing uh, anything outside of what I'm doing now. But, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, it's neither here nor there, but like uh, a better example would be the content and, you know, like starting the, starting the channel because, I think that the vast majority of people who take on an endeavor like YouTube, but this can be applied to any other thing is they're like, I'm going to start a channel and I'm going to start. They think about what kind of, what kind of stuff they want to do. They have ideas of things going viral and they don't have an, X, they, they leave things up to external forces where it's like, okay, well, what's your plan for your channel to grow? How is that going to happen? And they go, well, I'm going to put the content up. You know, I'm going to make sure it's really good. I'm going to do this, this, this. And you're like, okay, so what are, what are you, what are you targeting in terms of how are you measuring success? What's a short-term goal? What's a long-term goal? How are you knowing if you're doing well? And what I did is I, I made my short and long-term goals impossible that someone else could affect them. Meaning they weren't tied to user growth. They weren't tied to anything other than things that I could have total control over. So as an example, when I first started, I started on TikTok and you know, TikTok was, I mean, not like new, new, but I started there and I just looked at it. I'm like, all right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I post at least one video a day for two years and let's just see what happens. And, and by, you know, month number, I mean, it starts slow. And then all of a sudden in month five, it, you know, or month, I don't know, three, four, it starts blowing up, but that's after posting multiple videos every single day for multiple months. And then then when it starts snowballing, you're like, wow, this is actually happening. And I realized at that point that you can't make any money on TikTok. You know, we're like, mm. no, no professional TikTokers unless you get into the stratosphere. And so I'm like, okay, well, the no brainer then is to move to YouTube. And so I go to YouTube and it's the exact same thing. It's like, I'm going to post a video every single day for two years. You know, like I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to invest the money to have a a decent setup and I'm going to post every single day for two years and then I'll assess where I'm at, you know, and I'll, I'll use the, 
you know, the following I have on TikTok to try to drive people over and I'll implement a bunch of strategies that I think will be effective, which subsequently turned out to be very effective. But, but my goal setting were all things that I could control. I can't control whether or not I get to 10,000 subscribers. I can't control that. All I can do is implement the strategy. If it works, it works. But I, there's no way for me to fail if I'm in control of what I'm setting out to do. It can't mm. fail. Oh, you only have 2,000 yep. subscribers? Okay, well, I did all the things that I said I was going to do. And so that, I mean, if you think about things like that, because this is the thing about sales too. Everybody knows what it takes to succeed. You know, if you really ask any salesperson in any role, you're like, look, dude, if, if, you, if you sent 50 in-mails on LinkedIn every day, five days a week, for an entire year to generate pipeline. Do you think that you'll hit your number? They'll be like, yeah, you're like, correct. But you know, especially if you're, I'm not talking about like just copy paste. I'm talking be 50 strategically thought out, well-structured outreach. I mean, you don't have to do each one custom, but 50 every single day. That's your baseline. You wake up in the morning, you do it, it'll take you two hours. So you do that every day, five days a week, or even just four days, forget five, do four days a week. Are you going to hit your number? 100%, correct. But people don't do that, you know, because they, 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 they think about their deals. They think about whether or not, you know, like, oh, if I could close this, then X, Y, Z, everybody falls into it. But yeah. the correct way to approach it is to set your goals against things that you can control. Mm -hmm. And then- and then you'll generally smash your number, just like I smashed my YouTube goals. I mean, my goals were so my goals were so nebulous with this; they had nothing to do with with uh, followers or subs or money or any of that. I I knew that would all fall into place, you know, if I was successful. But like what what I visualized is I was like, I want I want to be able to do a video and know for sure that Chael Sonnen's going to watch it. Like, I want to be able to talk in a video and know that anybody that I'm talking about is going to see the video. And I've done, I've accomplished that now. Like, like I, I can't do a video without assuming that the person I'm talking about will see it because nine out of 10 times they do. Yeah. And so, you know, again, like, I mean, that's, that's what I would suggest to people. Goals yeah. that you can control. That's really, I love that tip, man, because a lot of times we get so married to the outcome that when it falls short of that, now we're a failure. When in reality, it's like, you can't control that, dude. You can control mm -hmm. what you can, what you do. You know, that's what you get to control. I love that. Uh, that's fantastic. Okay. And I, I want to rewind a bit. So you were talking earlier about when you were, you know, you had your job and you were, uh, starting the channel and you have a family, right? So you have a lot of things going on, work, wife, kids, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and I remember watching you and thinking that, cause I've done side hustles as well. And I'm just like, how is he putting out this much content? Cause he works, he's got kids. He, he, he takes them to jits every day, you know, like mm -hmm. you have a lot going on and, 
obviously you had your mind set on something, you had your goals defined, but then you got to get down to the nitty gritty and actually produce work. Right. So any tips on that, like how to make that happen with all the different things? Cause you're not a single guy that can just do whatever he wants. You have a lot of stuff going on. So I would say, I'll just answer this in relation to YouTube and side hustles, et cetera, yeah. is again, you want to be able to visualize what your, what your, in this case, channel is going to look like and how you're going to be able to deliver on the, on the goals that you set. So for me, my, my channel is set up the way that it is very intentionally in that there's ex very low editing. It's like, I sit down, I film. I mean, a lot of that had to do with the fact that I am extraordinary, extraordinarily confident in my ability to be engaging on camera, a single take. Like, it's like, it's a gift, man. I am a, I am an absolute incompetent moron when it comes to a, a, a very large amount of skills that uh are extremely valuable in in sales job and a lot of other things but you stick me in front of a camera and tell me to talk about things i mean i'll put it up against anybody and so i knew that and i was just like so the i want to i want to be be able to just sit down shoot film upload i want it to be extraordinarily low uh you know editing time and all that stuff. It's still, t I mean, so like if I put up, if I put up a, I don't know, call it a 17 minute video, you could probably tack on an additional four minutes of, you know, maybe I started and then I was, you know, okay, I got to start that over. And then probably around 30, 30 to, I don't know, 30 to 40 minutes of, creating a thumbnail, thinking of the title, exporting, uploading. So, I mean, you're talking about less than an hour's work in reality. If I'm, if I'm, you know, and if I'm multitasking, especially it's like, okay, upload, and then I can do other stuff. And so it was, it was, uh, it's, it was set up to succeed. You know, it was like, I, I, I set it up to succeed because if it was going to be a bunch of editing and all that stuff, there's, I mean, you, you couldn't do it. Um, while having a full-time job. The other thing too, though, is the pandemic is what enabled me to do this because, because I was able to work from home and it was like, um, I mean, I never, I, well, I mean, I could have, but I would have really never seen my kids, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm just settling into like, uh, just settling into this kind of being my, my main deal. That's why I'm kind of like, well, maybe I'll go back. Cause I was like, I'll just take the rest of the year and just decide. And you know, I don't, we don't like financially we're fine with, with, uh, with where we're at. It's just like, I mean, it's one of those things where how long is it going to take me to replace the additional income that I was making over here? Not that we need it, you know, but like if I was, was doing nice. that before, why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not have both? <laughs> But the thing is like, yeah. as soon as I, as soon as I was like, all right, I'm going to take a run at this thing. The already, the, uh, the results have been overwhelming 
in terms of uh, the channel's growth and success since that happened. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things where I know, I know in the long term if this is what I'm going to do, which it will be for sure. The correct play is to focus on this, or at least, and the, but then also like have like a have an executable plan. So what I'm thinking now, as of today, is probably I'm going to take 2023 and just do and focus exclusively on content, just pound content. You know, uh, start to chase down different monetization uh, opportunities that I would not have time to do. And, uh, and just see where we're at in a year. I mean, <clears throat> cause that's another thing that a lot of people on YouTube don't do. It's like they, they build a channel, but they don't really know anything about business. You know, they, they know how, like they'll create a successful channel and you could just tell they're like, I know how to make content. And it's like, I mean, that's great. You know, you build a big enough subscriber base. It's irrelevant. You know, like you can make, you can make outlandish, outlandish money. Some of these guys, um, but if you're a business-minded, entrepreneurial person with experience in business development, you can look at what you're doing and start and, and think strategically. You're like, okay, so I can make, I could bring in additional money here. I could set this up over here. I can, you know, I could sell in a, another show over here to this production company. I could do this, 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 and like, and all of those things while bringing in money also, you know, expand your brand and, and, decrease the amount of time it's going to take before you're kind of a mainstream brand where everything's coming to you. Yeah, that makes sense. That is, um, yeah, I mean, that goes back to thinking long-term too, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and actually, I mean, planning it out there, there's something to be said with just, you know, ready, fire, aim, but at the same time, if you want it to last, you do have to plan that out and, uh, and have intention behind you do all your decisions. Mm. You do both. You have to go. What do you mean like, by you that? Have to just, well, you just like, I mean, you gotta have a vision for what you're trying to do, but you have to actually do it. Like you have to like start doing yeah. things, yeah. you know, not be so scared. People are, people will plan themselves into oblivion, you know? Oh, I'm going to, uh, like, I really want to do blah, blah, blah. And then they never, they just never do it. It's like, uh, but like on the long view, it's, it, it's everything, you know? jujitsu. I, when I moved to Texas, I had, I had done tons of martial arts and basically no jujitsu and jujitsu, you know, Austin is the jujitsu capital of the world. Now I'm like, am I going to live in Austin and be a person not in that community? When one of my really good friends is the number one pound for pound jujitsu fighter in the world. <laughs> like <laughs> it just seems ridiculous. And it's like, yeah. okay, so I can, I can, buckle down and I could train five to six days a week for seven years and I'll be a black belt. And it's like, all right, well, let's rock and roll. So, I'm, you know, now I don't know, it'll be two years in April into what belt are you into, now? Uh, I'll be, well, so I would have been a blue belt <laughs> last month, but, but I'm 99% sure they're going to belt me up at the Austin open in three weeks. They want like, I, I'm to pretty blue? sure. To blue, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Sorry, I'm pretty sure that. that they were going to do it at the last tournament, and then neither of my opponents showed up. That's a uh, that's a uh, that's a curse of having an online, you know, combat sports brand. 
where like your you know your white belt opponents google you watch your videos and they're like jesus i don't want to fight this guy you know they didn't show they straight up didn't they didn't show up you know that's why do you think that's why guaranteed Guaranteed. that is insane you're a jujitsu player like go out there are you kidding me I wouldn't care if I got pummeled into the ground. Like I'd still, I'd still want to test myself, right? I mean, that's exactly what would happen. But yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Two years in, uh, you probably are a scary I, white belt. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm a nightmare, dude. I'm a nightmare. I'm a nightmare round for for most, even like a lot of blue and purple belts that are not in. Because I, because really, what happened was I trained for almost a year at Gracie Baja. Yeah. while six blade school was getting set up it, and then I got injured. So uh, I had this thing where I, um, I, ha- I had my foot trapped in half guard on this huge dude. Who's like a, you know, he had a wrestling background. He's Jesus, man, this guy's gotta be two sixty, and he is athletic, but he was kind of newer in, uh, in jits. I was a, you know, uh, you know, I, I was like maybe like 10 months in. So anyway, I had his arm and I was trying to, to free my foot and go directly into an arm bar. And I went like that. And then he like kind of kept my foot a little bit. And then he bridged and flipped me and I landed straight on my head and neck. And, uh, I, like, I, I, I can't even describe what it felt like. It was like, um, did you play football? uh just eighth grade <laughs> do you know what a stinger is do you know what a stinger no. is Mm-mm. so it's like it's it's where you get your neck and head crushed and then like this their nerve that's in that's like right there gets damaged and it oh my god man i, I like i you know i've done i've done kickboxing a lot boxing a lot i've done like tons of different things where i'm smashing into things like i've been hurt plenty of times i've never been instant instantly injured like where i was like where i just knew immediately like i'm injured like this is like i'm injured now and it was like i mean i i ripped my gi off like i was like it was on fire like because that's what it felt like honestly it felt like my entire right side of my body from my neck down to my kind of torso on the right side was literally on fire so i hurt so bad and then i just laid on the ground and like you know, everybody started panicking because they saw me land on my head. And then I reacted like that. I'm just, dude, I don't spaz out like that. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't feel temperature on, on this side of my body on the back for almost four weeks. Like you could, you could Whoa. melt an ice cube on my, on my back and I wouldn't have felt it except for the water. Right. But so, so I, if, if I would have stayed there, I would have belted up, um, a year ago, I would have been a blue belt a year ago in, uh, in, in Gracie Baja. But then, so when I came back from injury, I went over to, Oh wait, is that right? A year ago. Anyway, I, so I went over to six blades as soon as they opened and then started there. So it was like, I basically delayed myself, you know, a good, right. like about a year. Yeah. But it's because again, long view, I don't, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to belt up at Gracie, Gracie Baja. If I know I'm going to six blades, like I'd rather, I'd rather put the extra year in, have them belt me up. And then I get to do the entire journey with the team that I'm going to be on the whole time. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'm a thousand now, times better now than I was then. Like, yeah. Like whatever. I don't, you know, belts are totally irrelevant. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, the, the uh, you know, cause Victor Hugo is my main professor and Steve Hargett, like 
Victor Hugo's the best fighter in the world in a gi. And then Steve is number one pound for pound in the world in my age and weight class. And those are the guys who I learned from every single day. I would demolish that version of myself. I would have absolutely no chance against me now. You know? Oh, man. You're making me miss it, dude. I I only did it for about 18 months, but the schedules just didn't line up and I ended up, you know, leaving. But ah, it's so fun, man. The atmosphere like just getting better at something and like having the funny thing is with jits is those guys are such good dudes. Like yeah, I've never been to a jit yeah. school where they're like, you know, like they're so cool. Mm-hmm. Best guys ever. Yeah. Um, I guess guys and gals, I'm kind of, I see things through the male lens. So I say guys all the time, but yeah. regardless, ah, you're making me miss it. That's awesome, dude. I, it's the best. I, uh, <laughs> It's also, I mean, uh, it's tough though. Like, you know, you plateau and, and I mean, I remember, I remember having a conversation with one of my buddies. He's a, a really good buddy of mine. He's a, he's a purple belt at uh six blades, really good dude. And, uh, and I remember having, I was like, man, I'm like, I just, I don't feel like I'm getting better. Like, I feel like, you know, like I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting better. He's like, he's like, I do. He's like, I, I totally understand. Just trust the system. And then like two weeks later, I don't know what happened, dude. It was like a baby learning how to speak English. And it was like, all of a sudden, all this shit came together. Oh, sorry. All this stuff You're came good, together <laughs> where, and, and, you know, it was like, uh, in, in like a, in one session, I tapped this guy three times with a submission I'd never done before. It was like, I, I, I got it. And then it was like, oh, I've got it. You know, and then it was this transition where I was transitioning from this position onto the back. I kept putting myself in the same position and it kept working. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. And then the same kind of thing with like butterfly guard, where uh-huh. I started sweeping people from butterfly guard really well, where I was like, oh man, I've got this. Like, uh, so actually the, that, that's where I, that's sweeps. I'm, I, I would, you know, if I had to like break down my jujitsu game, sweeping is probably my worst category, but by far my most effective way to do it is from butterfly guard. Now sweeps are, are hard, man. I, I was never great at it either. I mean, I'm sure your year ago version would destroy me at my best, but, uh, it's tough. But the thing is it's there, there's something like, there's something humbling to that though. I think that like jujitsu in a way is kind of like a little, it's like a little microcosm of what life is in general. It's like, Mm -hmm. dude, you got to go out there and you have to go and get your teeth knocked in, you know, and you got to do it over and over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden you, like you're saying, like all of a sudden you, you explode, you know? Um, and that's the work you get that, like, that's you doing your TikTok uploads, whatever. And then your YouTube and like, you weren't getting a ton of subs right away and all that stuff, you know, but that's it. That's just what it is. And uh, I think that's true in sales and in your career as well. Like, like your example with AWS where it's like you went in, you interviewed, you didn't get it, but now you knew what to do to prepare for the next one, you know, and, and whatever other example you might want to give, but um, I've got a good one. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a perfect, like a perfect metaphor for it. It's like, so Jiu-jitsu is, is, I'll give you an example in the content and then I'll give you a sales example. It's like, uh, like when I started doing YouTube, I had a 
decent understanding. Well, no, actually I, I was good. I already knew how to edit like editing. I had that down. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to capture audio separately. I didn't know how to connect my, uh, you know, a really good microphone. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know how to effectively, you know, thumbnail. I didn't know how to effectively title. Um, and so as I'm doing that stuff, I'm extremely uncomfortable. You know, like my, my instinct is like to call, like, who do I know that knows how to set up studios? Let me call them and have them come set up my studio or let them, you know, let me call someone and have them teach me how to do, or not even teach me, just do it. Like have someone else do it. And I just fumbled my way through all of it until I became an expert at all of it. And now I run my channel top to bottom, 100% by myself where, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, aside from maybe MMA guru, I don't know almost any well-known channel. Uh, I think Mexican martial arts also probably, but aside from us that like all of these guys have like teams that they hire and it's, and all the people are doing is stuff I know how to do because I forced myself to learn it. And like in, uh, you know, and in, and in sales, when you started a new, a new gig, it's just like that. It is absolutely identical to that where, you know, you're, you're getting on your first call. Maybe you have like a, you know, a more seasoned person on and you're listening to them. And then like, you know, it's like, okay, you're, this is your first call. You're going to lead and you're, you're fumbling through it. You don't really know the, you don't really know the material very well. You don't know what questions to ask. I mean, you might maybe know what questions to ask, but you know, when it comes to delivering a valuable response to their questions, you're, you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't even know if what I said just made sense. But that feeling is literally identical to the, I don't know what I'm doing. And then you just learn it. It's like, and I've learned one thing I could say from my career, having done so many different things is that is a universal experience. And it always has a universal outcome every single time. It's like, you're going to feel the more you feel uncomfortable in a way where you wish that you could have someone seasoned come in and do it for you. Every time in very short order, you end up being the seasoned person and it doesn't take that long, but it's extremely uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable. And so you just need to embrace the, embrace that feeling knowing that you're going to have a good outcome. And that's exactly what jujitsu is like. It's exactly like that. Absolutely. Exactly like that. Where you're like, you know, you're like, I don't know, trying to, trying to figure out an arm bar from the bottom. You're trying, you're like, man, I don't understand. Like, why can't I figure this out? And you keep, people keep pulling it out and then you get smashed and they pass your guard. And then all of a sudden one day you figure out, you're like, oh, I need to shift my hips this way. And then boom, you just start getting them every time. And you're like, mm -hmm. it's just some dumb thing that you weren't doing correctly. And then you've got it. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah, you're right, man. You're deaf spot on. Um, dude, I want to, I've been saying this a lot on my channel or my channel, my uh, podcast here lately, but I'm like, I want to just talk for the rest of the day with you about this stuff, but I'll go ahead and wrap it up here so you can get back to your family. I think I forgot to mention this before we hit record, but after we, we hit stop, we'll uh, hang out for a bit after just to make sure. sure the files upload properly. Um, but before we go, I want to give you a chance to 
let people know where they can find you, see your content. Obviously, I'm going to link up your YouTube channels, but just anywhere that they can connect with you and, and, and learn about what you have going on. Sure. Yeah, I got my my main focus are my two YouTube channels, Jesse on Fire, Jesse on Everything. Uh, and then on Instagram, Jesse on Fire, although I'm terrible at DMs. Uh, if I if I follow someone, I'm great with DMs because I get them in my primary. If I don't follow them and it goes into requests, I'm terrible. Um, but email, I have my email listed in my uh, in my video descriptions on YouTube, and I'm very good at responding to those. Um, and then Twitter, I'm, uh, I'm well on Instagram and on Twitter, I'm real Jesse on fire. Uh, and then I think I'm the same on TikTok, although I post there extremely rarely because they despise me and they limit my reach every time now. Cause I, I got so many community guidelines violations that they actually deleted my account and then they gave it back. But, uh, I get like, you know, I have 300,000 subscribers and I get like 2000 views every time. Like they've got, they've got some super restrictor on my, on my account, but crazy. TikTok and me are not uh, culturally aligned, you know, like they, they'll, they yeah. guidelines strike me for stuff where I'm like, what? Like what, how, how is that a guidelines violation? They guidelines violation me for, for a video where I like, so I get into like weird hobbies I had a, a, a big knife throwing target, you know, like a big wood, like target, like, like, you know, the, you know, the restaurants have like the ax throwing. So I had one of those, I had one of those in my backyard and I did a TikTok where I, you know, threw a, threw a throwing knife, you know, and it was like, I mean, obviously it was an awesome throw. That's why I posted it. Right. But it was, like, that's all it was. It was a, a knife throw that stuck perfect. And I said something about a zombie apocalypse and the community guidelines striked it and said I was promoting dangerous acts. I'm like, what? Dude, you were basically telling people to murder each other, dude. I don't know how you missed that. Yeah, they're all, how are people not going? <laughs> people can't decipher between a wooden target, zombies, and, an, and a regular human. They did yeah. another one. I shot a BB gun in my backyard. Same thing. Dangerous, dangerous things. And like. A one, you know, one day you're allowed to swear the next day they, you know, they strike you. It's just like, it's, I mean, are you TikTok, doing, are you okay? Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say TikTok. Ex- I, I am absolutely convinced that TikTok is a wide sweeping psyop that China is using to try to undermine and destroy our culture. I really believe that. I think that that is like, just based on, just based on what they promote and what they, what they restrict. Cause like they don't want strong, they don't want strong people. Like they don't want strong Americans. They want feeble, you know, little, uh, you know, uh, people who say things like they, you can't define what a woman is. You're all, I'm pretty sure you can dude. Pretty sure that you can. That's, that's, and they're trying to just inject that nonsense into, into the population. And what's crazy is the, this is the problem is like the people who know that and are, and are objective are grownups. And we look at this and we're like, okay, these ideas are ludicrous. Like, obviously, you know, the, these ideas are ludicrous. And they, and like I always say, like with the long view, they don't understand that kids are dumb little morons that are going to see this stuff. And it's going, and cause China has the long view. Okay, they know they 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 could sit here for and let this seep in for 15 years until all of a sudden you're the old person and by then they're telling you that you're a an old transphobe 
because you said that you can actually define what a woman is based on their born biological genitalia, you know, like they'll, it, it will work. Like it's going to work if we don't like, I think we should just get rid of TikTok completely. Like just ax it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, actually <laughs> I would love to talk to you about this. I'll, you know, a whole nother thing, but, uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Do, do you want me to link up on there for everyone listening? Do you want me to link up the IRL and the, uh, what was the other one that was kind of like a, oh, uh, swag it, swag it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have okay, a partnership let- with them, uh, where I have carte blanche to, uh, say whatever I want. There you go. So that's where the real stuff is. On we'll see, we'll see how long that lasts. I actually haven't watched too much on there yet. I've seen a couple, but the only thing, oh. the only thing that I really can talk about there that I can't talk about anywhere else is, uh, related to the Balenciaga stuff. I won't, I won't poison this podcast with it though. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a, that's a poisonous topic for sure. Absolutely. Um, okay, cool. Well, thanks again. We'll ho- go ahead and stop the recording here and uh, say bye to all the listeners, but uh, we'll chat afterward here.